0: The following sports presentation is a production of Blazers Broadcasting. Welcome to Trailblazers Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon. Learn how you can make a difference and save at BeWatchSmart.com. Follow the show on social media on Twitter at hashtag TB Courtside.
1: Good evening, and welcome into another edition of Trailblazers courtside. Yet another summer day in the Rose City. However, most of us waiting on more sunshine to get here. Jordan Kent, alongside Michael Holden, and. We've got a lot of content to cover because, Michael, this is the first time we've been together since all of NBA free agency took place. We'll talk about some of the acquisitions the Blazers made, some of the other moves in the Western Conference. We'll also talk some Summer League. But let's take a look at the standard TV and appliance courtside tip-off. Blazers.com writer Casey Holdall will join us. He'll talk about Summer League, which concluded for the Trail Blazers. And then our good friend, Kerry Akers, from the Portland Tribune columnist there, will talk all about those Blazer acquisitions and the NBA free agency and the ripple effects that a few of the moves had made, but Michael, let's begin with the hometown team that we all put on the red and black for, the Portland Trail Blazers and some of their moves, and unlike. Some of the previous off-seasons, there's been quite a bit of shakeup when you look at the roster and players that played minutes during the season. And gone, al Farouk Aminu, Evan Turner, Myers Leonard, Mo Harkless, now you've got in the door a couple names such as Hassan Whiteside, Kent Bazemore, Rodney Hood. Your thoughts on just some of the transitions that the Blazers made?
2: Well, an active summer for the Blazers uh, as well as many other teams in the league in the Western Conference in particular. But you're talking about four players that were in the rotation. So that's a significant uh, changing of the guard, if you will. But you got to look at each move as, as a plus, as an asset. And when you look at the moves uh, in their aggregate, I think the, t- the roster is very much improved.
1: And when you look at the Blazers, one of only two teams to play in the Western Conference Finals last year, I was having this thought as we were getting ready for the show. You look at the two teams that made it to those Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors and the Portland Trail Blazers. I think there's an argument to be made that the Golden State Warriors did not improve this offseason based upon the injuries and the transactions. Kevin Durant leaving for Brooklyn, they no longer have Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and the Blazers got better. Now there's a whole lot of other things that happened in the Western Conference, but it seems like it's very important for the Blazers the fact that they really did keep their core together when you look at what this team really relies on night in and night out.
2: You know, Jordan, when you, you widen the lens, you look at the two or three ways that you can improve your roster. Uh, the draft free agency and trades and to your point about the golden state warriors and what they've done or not done this offseason and what the blazers have done let's go back a year to the blazers pelicans blazers got mm-hmm. swept and the blazers got significantly better and the pelicans did not mm-hmm. so you got to give the front office a lot of credit because this was a summer where I don't think you could afford to stay pat, if you will. Mm. You couldn't afford to rely on organic growth, and some off-seasons have been that way. This was not one of them.
1: When you look at your experience in the league and what you've seen from teams, it seems like being able to go deep into the playoffs can really... Kickstart a lot of potential thoughts that might take place as far as the moves that team might make Because you were so close to the finals you were one step away from getting to the NBA finals
2: Well the goal for every team is to win a championship now only one team wins the Mm -hmm. championship But having said that every team in the offseason has to have a game plan with that being the goal and when you get close You get to the conference finals uh, you feel like maybe we only need a tweak or two But then maybe you realize some things based on that experience that require more acquisition. And I think the Trailblazers front office was aggressive uh, with the experience that they had.
1: What are your thoughts on examining how a team handles the regular season versus playoff basketball? Because is it fair to say that what might work for some teams in the regular season? changes in the playoffs it's a different style of basketball in the playoffs especially as you get deeper into the rounds like the Blazers did
2: yeah I don't think there's any doubt that that they are two different animals if you will uh regular season success and playoff success now you have to have regular season success to get onto the stage (laughs) to have playoff success but having said that you're talking about the need to be consistent night in and night out mm-hmm. against different opponents in the regular season. So you need to have a stability and consistency in your game plan and in your team's effort and execution of the game plan. But when you get to the playoffs and you have one opponent and it's the first to four wins, it becomes the ability to get to a different level of competitive greatness.
1: What are your thoughts on Rodney Hood resigning with the Blazers when you look at you know the potential of you had some – Guys come in here for one season that really excelled last season. When you look at Rodney Hood and his canter and Seth Curry, of course. But for the Blazers to be able to keep Rodney Hood, his skill set, and some of his comments that he said about what he likes about his fit here at Portland.
2: Well, while we don't have a huge sample size for the Rodney Hood experience in a Blazer uniform, The sample size that we have is a very good one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quite tasty. I mean, if you go back to when Rodney Hood came to the Blazers, I remember Damian Lillard's response in particular uh, in terms of how much he valued what he brought to the table based upon Dame's experience competing against. And that's always the first indication when your current players, mm-hmm. your current stars have respect for the new acquisition based on competing against them. And then Rodney Hood didn't disappoint.
1: Besides, only one NBA team has Mount Hood in their backyard. and That's <laughs> the Portland Trail Blazers. you got to be able to keep that in mind. All right, well, we will talk more about the Blazers in Summer League action when we come back. Our good friend Casey Holdall from trailblazers.com will join us with more on that. We're just getting started on this edition. Of Trailblazers Courtside.
3: What does it mean to be better? It's different for everyone. It comes in all sizes big and small, short and tall, young and younger. Better is a lofty leap or a baby step, or every step and misstep in between. Better is a challenge to push more than yesterday, more than ever before, perfectly unique, ever evolving at our own pace, one step at a time. Better is real, especially when we go there together.
2: Be better. Moda Health.
0: basketball message from heritage distiller 24 second shot clock how long does it take you to take a shot at heritage distilling company 24 seconds is plenty of time to grab a bottle of bsb brown sugar bourbon (laughs) recently crowned the world's best flavored whiskey or our more traditional award-winning elk rider gin or vodka whatever you choose our award-winning spirits are available at bars retailers or at the game heritage distilling company eugene oregon proud sponsor of your portland trailblazers keep an eye on the shot clock then pass the bsb or elk rider for your next shot
3: For the Trailblazers, chasing the title starts with focused minds and relentless bodies. BioFreeze is scientifically proven to cool aches and pain, so the Trailblazers can feel no limits. Fast acting, powerful pain relief. That's what BioFreeze is all about. So when the title is on the line and others ask, do you feel that pain? The Blazers say, feel no limits. Cool the pain with BioFreeze, the official pain reliever of the Trailblazers. Now available at all local retail locations. Money you got how many problems you got? Alive. 21 Savage. I am greater than I was to her. Live. July 23rd, Veterans Memorial Coliseum. With special guest, to baby. I go where I want. Good, good. Play if you want. Store. I'm a young CEO. tickets now with LiveNation.com. New album, I am greater than I was. Available everywhere. 21 Savage.
0: Now, back to Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon on the Trailblazers radio network.
1: Whether building teamwork skills, learning about healthy living, or training like the pros, Trailblazers Youth Basketball has a program your child will love. Learn about the Rip City Academy, presented by Nike, Trailblazers Hoops Camps, and more. Visit trailblazers.com slash youth basketball now. Well, someone that certainly used to dominate youth basketball camps back in his day, we are now joined by Casey Holdall from blazers.com. And Casey, Summer League is now officially over for the Portland Trail Blazers. But what were some of your takeaways and thoughts from this year's summer excursion with the Trailblazers?
4: Well, uh, the, the first kind of overarching takeaway was just that, you know, as, as a team improves, uh, over the years as we've seen the Portland Trail Blazers do in terms of their regular season team, you know, that that starts to have an effect on your summer league team as then, you know, you typically don't have as many young guys and high draft picks that you might have had in typical previous years. So, you know, this was really the year with the Blazers coming off that Western Conference Finals that they they brought a summer league team that for the first time in a couple of years, you know, only had a few guys who were on the actual regular season team and those few guys in this case both Anthony Simons and Gary Trent Jr. Barely played during the season, as opposed to you know seasons past where you had you know Pat Connaughton's and Jake Layman's and, and Caleb Swanigan's and even guys like Wade Baldwin out there playing. You know this year, you know they just didn't have that same level of talent going into the summer league because they are a team that is no longer kind of trying to find their way or a young upstart team. They are a team that that is on their path right now to to contending. And when you're one of those teams, again, you just typically don't have kind of the the type of players that they typically do well at summer league but having said that you know that the guys that, that the Blazers do have under contract that were at summer league uh looked pretty good uh particularly the guards uh, Anthony Simons I think while you know he went into this summer league talking about kind of some of his point guard skills you know again you, you kind of go back to the fact that the team didn't have a ton of talent so therefore it's kind of hard to ask a guy like Anthony to go out there and and be more of a distributor when, you know, if he doesn't go out there and score, you know, they're going to lose by 20 points. So uh, while you didn't see maybe maybe some of those point guard stuff as much as he had talked about early in Summer League, I mean, I, I think you come away from that feeling very good about about Anthony, particularly as an offensive weapon going into a season where, you know, it's expected that he is going to take on a much larger role than he had last year. And then you have a guy in Gary Trent Jr. who, uh, you know, kind of volume shooting, particularly after Simons went down with that ankle injury, uh, but looking like a guy who, who is maybe not at the place the Anthony is in terms of, of being ready to step in and take on more minutes, but but definitely a guy who I think, you know, if, if you're a Blazers fan or you're one of the coaches, you look at, at Gary and how he played at Summer League, and I think you feel like, you know, if if we need some some spot minutes at, at the guard, if we need someone to come in and, and maybe hit an outside shot, I feel like, you know, we're, we're confident enough in Gary's abilities at this point between Summer League and also what we've did in G League this year mm-hmm. to, to put him out there. And then, you know, the the last takeaway would be that, you know, you saw Nasir Little and, and Jalen Horde, two guys who look like, you know, they're, they're going to take some time to, to kind of get up to speed to, to playing at the NBA level, and uh, you know, that's really not something that uh, I think is all that surprising, uh, considering that one Jalen went uh, undrafted, and, and that Nasir Little uh, ended up, you know, late in the first round after a lot of people thought he might be a lottery pick, so, uh, you know, I, I'd say it played out uh, about as, as, as well as you would have expected it to, obviously not the same success in terms of the tournament play, but, you know, I, I, it, it for all intents and purposes, kind of fulfilled what you need summer league to fulfill which is that you know young guys got some minutes got to see what they could do out there without the veterans and uh, you know it looked like a few pieces at least that uh, might actually be helpful going into the regular season next year.
1: And to, this, and to some of the points that you made there how much do you take summer league with a grain of salt because we saw Zach Collins at times not necessarily have the most productive summer league but that was completely different from what we saw from him in the regular season How much do you take away as far as truth, and how much do you realize is just a byproduct of the summer league
4: system? Yeah, you know, it's it's an old saying in the summer league, an old saying. It's been around (laughs) for fifteen years, uh, and and it still rings true that you know the summer league is a guards league. You know, like, and so so guys like Zach Collins, you know, Biggs. It's just not the style of play, and, and the fact that you know you're playing with a bunch of guys who who are trying to get just basically invites to training camp. So you know, they're playing a different way than you might play if you were actually already on a team with a guaranteed contract as, as a guy like Zach Collins does. So it is a guards league, but luckily for the Blazers, you know, like guards are basically what they had this year. And so I, I, while, yeah, I'm not expecting Anthony to come in and shoot 52% from the field and 66% from three, like he did in three games in Las Vegas, you know, I, I do think that, that some of the, the ways that guys – or is translatable particularly in terms of outside shooting and running pick and roll because those are things that you know are, are, are somewhat even throughout kind of this level of play now you know you're going to get checked you know higher up on, on three-point line in a regular nba game than you would in the summer league and you know but those are the kind of things where if you're a guy who's putting his head down and driving to the rim over and over and over again and you're scoring 25 points in summer league that's probably not going to be all that applicable to the nba because you're you're looking you're looking at defenses that basically don't exist because you don't really have time to put in anything other than just kind of your basic defense and you're doing it against guys who are typically not nba caliber players but if again if you're doing things like hitting outside shots hitting open looks if you're getting to the rim if you're getting to the free throw line you know those are things that that i think you can carry over a bit into actual nba regular season play and i think that again both both anthony and gary did did a fairly good job of both of those things you know gary probably didn't have some of the shooting outings that, that he would have liked to have uh, but, again, once Simons went down, you know, that really puts a lot of pressure on Gary, both in terms of needing to score and from a defensive perspective. You know, teams are kind of going to key on him. And then in Anthony, you know, you, you had a guy after that first game where they really just didn't look like they were ready to go just yet, a guy who basically, you know, didn't miss throughout the rest of of the summer league. And, granted, again, he only played two more games after that first game. But, I mean, if you take the first game out, his percentages are, I mean, he basically shot like, 75% from the field and 80% from three. So, I mean, those, those are, those are good signs for a guy who, you know, we've heard over and over and over again from the team uh, kind of behind the scenes has looked really good. And that's kind of the, the other piece of summer league that I think is the takeaway is that, you know, you hear about some of these guys and, and I, I think it's, it's understandable for people to, to get excited, but also take some of that accolade with a grain of salt because you don't really ever get to see the guy. So you don't know if, if he's doing it just in practice and, or maybe, you know, guys are just trying to support their young players. But, I mean, I, I think what we saw from, from Anthony in Las Vegas is, was, was incredibly encouraging and, and, and really kind of did back up all those things we've been hearing people talk about him behind this.
2: Well, you know, Casey, it's a make or miss league, and the basket is 10 feet off the floor in summer league, just like it is in the regular season. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of buzz about Anthony Simons, uh, and there was before summer league. I mean, when the Blazers drafted him and some of the things that we heard coming out of practice, particularly from Damian and others, and then what we saw at the end of the regular season. So there's no surprise that he continued to knock down shots uh, at a record clip in the summer league. You know, when you play with the ball in your hand, you can get to your rhythm, you can get to your groove, and that's why it's a guard league, uh, if you will. But I want to ask you about Nasser Little, and I hopefully I said his name right. Uh, did you get a chance to see him play? How much did you see him play? And can you talk about his skill set?
4: Well, I, I did see the, I believe he played in the first four games. He got injured early in the fourth game. So, you know, I did get to see him through three games. He came off the bench, I think, for the first two, and then I think he started the third. Uh, you know, I, I saw Nassir, a guy who looks very athletic, uh, a guy who you, you can see kind of the the basis of the tools that you're going to want him to, to be able to utilize as an NBA kind of 3-4 in this league. Uh, and, and, I mean, I think you saw a guy, too, who, who struggled with his shot, who... Uh, is again probably a guy who is going to take another season or two to to really kind of get some of the some of kind of the, the baseline NBA skill level to where you know you feel real comfortable putting him out there i, I wouldn't be all be surprised if he had an opportunity to play a bit next year uh, but to me it seemed like a guy who you know he he is a, a, a bit of a project and that you know it's going to take a little bit of time for him to to maybe slow the game down for himself a little bit and really to kind of find his his niche and to refine his shot i mean i, I think that in the nba you know there there is there's really very little room for wings who can't shoot the three and i think you know we, we even saw in portland's offseason this year kind of making some moves to to shore up some of those deficiencies in terms of outside shooting because you know again in stays in nba you know it, it's not good enough to to just be able to kind of hit the mid-range and get to the rim you have to be able to hit outside shots and right now, you know, Nassir is, is probably not at the place where, where he's going to be an accurate NBA three-point shooter. So, you know, I, I think we saw a lot of the, the the kind of the raw, basic stuff that you'd want to see out of a 19-year-old guy who played exactly, you know, whatever it was, 25 games in, in college before making the jump to the NBA. But, uh, but again, a guy who I think you're just going to have to be a little patient with, and I think that's that was kind of the, the takeaway from Summer League is that, you know, Nasir is going to be a good player, but it's, it's probably going to take a little bit of
2: work. You know, it's not uncommon, Casey, for somebody 19 years old to be more athletic than skilled uh, when you put them on an NBA stage and you try to assess uh, their expertise. You know, but Roy Williams was quoted this summer as saying that Nasir Little was as athletic, or I think more athletic than Michael Jordan. So what I'm waiting to hear you say is that he did something wildly athletic.
4: Well, he, he did have the – I don't recall if it was a – it wasn't a put-back dunk. It was – he received the ball out on, I think, the left wing and kind of went around his defender and finished with two hands over the top of the guy, which was a phenomenal <laughs> move and, and and really kind of, the, I would say, probably the highlight of Portland's summer league play in terms of just like a singular highlight play. And, and you're exactly right, Michael. I mean, like, it is about athleticism as a witness here, and that's what this team needs. You know, I, I, outside of shooting, one of the – one of the things that I feel like the, the team has talked about over the past couple of seasons is needing to get more athletic and having guys who are highly skilled, but maybe not the not the caliber of athletes that you might need to, to really kind of play in the open court and play a, a bit of a faster pace than maybe Portland has played over the past two or three seasons. And I think that's why, you know, they one of the reasons why they were so excited to get Nasir Little as opposed to, to maybe a guy who's a bit more polished or maybe maybe a four or three-year player because they know that, that they can – they feel very confident in their ability to develop players. I think they've shown time and time and time again that the staff in Portland and, and Terry Stotts' assistant coaching staff has done a phenomenal job of, of really kind of getting players where they want to go in terms of offense, especially. And so I feel like they think, hey, we can get this player the skills that he needs. We can't give you athleticism. And that's something that Nassir already brings to the table. And so that's something that this team, again, has, has needed because they just – haven't had necessarily those kind of high flyers and 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 finishers at the rim that that you see throughout the league and they've been able to do a very good job without those players but i also think there's there's a desire to be able to play that style of play as well and and getting a guy like nasir little allows you to do that at least eventually
1: (laughs) well casey thank you so much again for joining us we will definitely catch up with you next time enjoy the rest of this summer that is still seeming to be on pause when you take a look at the weather outside my friend
4: yeah, no, it's a uh, it's sticky out here. I don't know when Oregon turns <laughs> to the bayou, but uh
1: we're we're in it. All right. Casey Hall from trailblazers.com. Stick around. Our good friend Kerry Eagers will be here shortly as we continue along on this edition of Trailblazers Courtside.
3: Hey fans, this is CJ McCollum of the Blazers and it's time to gear up. Rip, Rip City is woven into the fabric of our culture.
0: Wide for 3. Yes. For Rip City,
3: baby. Get your official Blazers gear now at Rip City Clothing Company at Moda Center, Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and of course open for every home game. Or shop online 24/7 at RipCityClothing.com. When the sand gets hot, you got to move fast, like a dog chasing a Frisbee. Move just as fast to the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event, because for the first time ever, you can get 20% estimated savings on select Ford vehicles, plus earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Don't let this hot deal on America's best-selling brand pass you by. Get into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event. Based on 2010 through 2018 calendar year sales, modem must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the FordPass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles, vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by four dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized four dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details.
5: We can all make Oregon thrive, as neighbors and as members of our community, starting with energy efficiency in our homes. With a few Pacific Power Watt Smart steps, like using smart thermostats and installing LED lights, you can improve comfort in your home while saving energy and money. To learn how you can help make a difference and how Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon can help you save, go to BeWattSmart.com.
0: Distortion,
5: Story of my life. Summer Tour 2019, Story with special guests, pay my face.
0: The Devil Makes Three, and La Butchourette. But Friday, September 20th, Veterans Memorial Coliseum. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. We now continue with Trailblazers Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon.
1: Represent Rib City with the Trailblazers license plate, now available at all Oregon DMV locations. Each order supports statewide youth initiatives through the Trailblazers Foundation. You'll be red hot and rolling with your new Blazers plates. Michael Holton, my good friend, it's been a minute since I've had a chance to do some courtside with you. You've had a busy summer, you've been jet-setting, you've been dining with... Well, fill me in on what you've been up to.
2: Well, I went to the NBA Awards show in Santa Monica, California, Mm -hmm. which is always kind of a treat. And fun to represent the organization at at the NBA uh, Awards show. Uh, But then I went to Prague for my annual uh, basketball camp experience that I do there and we had a record number of kids and we had kids from uh, a lot of countries, Slovakia, Finland, uh, and all over. They're coming by plane, train and bus uh, for this camp experience. But the highlight of it was the U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic Mm. came and we had lunch and had a conversation and then he was a part of the opening ceremony. So that was an
1: experience. And you were talking about this experience a little bit and I think you said that you were surprised by How much he already knew about you before you sat down to have lunch with him, it seemed like.
2: Well, because when we sat down to have lunch, I didn't know what he knew. I mean, I was curious and thinking we were meeting each other for the first time, and I was curious about Mm -hmm. how one becomes a U.S. ambassador to a country, and so I had a line of questions out of curiosity Mm -hmm. about that, and when I stopped talking long enough for him to go on offense, (laughs) you know, he revealed some things about me and my background that he knew and was aware of, and then when we got to the opening ceremony, the way in which he referenced Uh, Mm. What Mike Sanders and myself had been doing and what NBA players going to the Czech Republic have been doing in this Mm. particular camp because we've been going for 10 years. It was mind-boggling the level of detail that he had in that setting that wasn't revealed at the lunch table.
1: So do you imagine that there's a dossier file on you, a manila folder that's got a black-and-white photo of you paper clipped to the outside that lists all your attributes? Yeah, right on top of the background check. (laughs) (laughs) And fill me in a little bit more about the basketball camp, because we've had a chance to talk about this each year at this time. But when did you first start doing it, and why has it become something that's been so impactful for you? Well, I'll
2: try to make it a long, short story, because it's... It started with a, a pickup basketball game here in Portland okay. where I became the over-the-hill dude that got frustrated by somebody not throwing me the ball. Uh, <laughs> and I went home and I, I, I just said, I can't be that guy. Mm-hmm. I got to either stop playing or change my attitude. Mm-hmm. And so I went back the next day and offered to train the guys I was playing with. My agenda was I wanted to raise the level of play right. so that it would be fun for me. And so I did this for a month and I offered training to these adults and one guy that came every time we finished, Mm -hmm. asked me, could he write down what we did? Mm. And then after the fifth and final workout, he said, would I be willing to come to Europe and do it? Wow. And so he's from Kalupe, about 25 minutes outside of Prague. Okay. And so I trusted him and took the leap and went. That is quite the leap. And we're now in year 10. That's
1: unbelievable, right there. <laughs> that is a terrific story, right there. So, well, we will touch on more of that later. But when we come back, Carrie Agers from the Portland Tribune will join us. We'll talk about Trailblazers transactions and everything else that happened in the Wild Western Conference during this offseason as we continue along on this edition of Trailblazers Courtside. <laughs> For the Trailblazers,
3: chasing the title starts with focused minds and relentless bodies. BioFreeze is scientifically proven to cool aches and pains so the Trailblazers can feel no limits. Fast acting, powerful pain relief. That's what BioFreeze is all about. So when the title is on the line and others ask, do you feel that pain? The Blazers say, feel no limits. Cool the pain with BioFreeze, the official pain reliever of the
1: Trailblazers. Now available at all Fred Meyer locations. Introducing everyone's favorite for Rookie of the Year, the Blazers Rewards World Master Card from First Tech, the official credit union of the Trail Blazers. This powerful new player from First Tech is the only card that scores you special discounts at Rip City clothing, exclusive offers from the Trail Blazers, and rewards points redeemable for travel, merchandise, charitable donations, gift cards, and cash, along with great rates and no annual fee. To find out more about what this rookie can do, go to firsttechfed.com slash ripcity. New construction and
3: business remodeling is great, but leaves a big mess. And job site cleanup is the final touch for any commercial construction or renovation project. When you need to put the finishing touch on newly constructed buildings, call the professionals at Service Master Clean. Service Master Clean has been an industry leader for more than 60 years. From post-construction cleanup to janitorial services, call Service Master Building Services in Portland and Vancouver at 503-298-6145. We're proud to be the green, clean partner of the Portland Trailblazers. Hey, Portland. If you want to stay healthy, we're making it easy for you. We're putting the power of choice and information in your hands. We've built an app that helps you find a farmer's market, running group, or yoga class, and is powered with unique data to check wait times at urgent care or discover what's going around in your neighborhood. The Stay Healthy app shows you where the flu is popping up or where pollen counts are high. Click now to download the Stay Healthy app, available and free, now in the iTunes Store. rivaled energy live the dna world tour
4: modus center july 30th plus surprise special guest get tickets now at LiveNation.com.
0: do not miss the backstreet boys experience the new album dna drops january 25th backstreet boys live Now, back to Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon on the Trailblazers radio network. Welcome back. The
1: registration deadline for the 2019 Rip City 3-on-3 basketball tournament has been extended. Join us July 27th and 28th at the Rose Quarter for a weekend of top 3-on-3 basketball for players of all ages and abilities, including skill contests and Nike Kids Clinics. Hurry, registration closes this Saturday, July 20th. Visit ripcity3on3.com to register your team today. Welcome back in, Jordan Kenton, Michael Holton, and Kerry Agers. If we did have a three on three team, we would be sponsored by Ibuprofen and Icy Hot, but, well, no, Biofreeze, actually. Would Come on. Be our now. Spa- Come hey, on listen. Now. Hey, listen. That Biofreeze is top notch. Come on. Been now. using it, it's been a game changer for sure. Kerry, welcome to the program. Glad here. to be
5: on with you guys. How uh, are great you? Great to have you yeah. here. Yeah, we're
1: just doing a little housekeeping here. I want to talk to you about everything that's happened this offseason in the NBA and of course the national focuses on a lot of the big market teams but let's start with the trailblazers and some of the transactions and changes they made you know our radio producer Rich Patterson has a t-shirt with all the players names on it from the playoffs and he said it's already dated because oh, there've been so many changes
5: since then there's only six guys jordan that started last season that are still on the roster and one of them's nurkic and he's not going to play for the mm. first half so yeah i mean i've only been around 30 years but this is the most active active summer i've seen both for the blazers and nationally in terms of big stuff that happened i mean the the three teams that had the the, the two superstars mm-hmm. brooklyn and the two la teams but also you know half a dozen other teams with just humongous deal so I mean it's it's really been an interesting summer so far
2: is it good or bad for the league I mean when you have so much movement well I
5: tell you it's commanded an incredible amount of attention media wise and fan wise I mean what have we been talking about for the last two weeks I think it's taken away from the major leagues Mm -hmm. I think it's taken away from the NFL so I guess I'd have to say it's good
1: yeah it's interesting for the NBA because you have the finals then there's the build up for the draft then there's free agency Combined with the summer league excitement because it's not like the NFL where a player gets drafted then you see him play immediately the NBA has figured that out with the summer league and now there's maybe a slow period until the season starts. Yeah maybe a
5: dark period of maybe two months. Right but
1: it's become a 10 month league for the most part. That's exactly right. And they've got it figured out but you know you look at Portland and I was talking to Michael it seems the fact that they were able to keep their core together. Some of these other teams that you mentioned making big moves had to give up a lot or give up big pieces or huge parts of their core. The Blazers, Dame, CJ, Nurk, and you bring back Rodney Hood as well too, a lot of that core is intact.
5: Yeah, a lot of it. They did get a r- rid of a lot of rotation guys, including, but Bo- mm-hmm. they, have, they have no forwards left from the start of last season. Mm. Uh, I, I think on paper what they did, Jordan, looks good. I, I'm still kind of waiting, kind of that The big name was Whiteside let's see how he plays he's certainly talented mm-hmm. he never showed anything but talent on the defensive end and shot blocking in miami but there were a lot of issues with coach bolster and he had to sit in he, he he did not he only he did not play 30 minutes in a game, any game, the last two months of the season. Hmm. So there was something wrong there. There was a disconnect, and I have a feeling it, it was Whiteside being dissatisfied with the situation. This is fresh air for him. I think Terry Stotts is a, uh, a player's coach, so he'll probably be good for him. But that's the one I'm going to be, hmm. you know, that's the biggest thing. And then we'll see how Bazemore and, and, and Zonia and, and, uh, and the other guys fit in that they, that they mm-hmm. picked up.
1: Yeah, you obviously look at some of the acquisitions and looking at the other teams in the Western Conference and let's start with one of the last big dominoes to fall this previous week and that is what happened between Houston and OKC and I don't think any of us here when the Blazers were playing the Thunder would have thought OKC would go through all these changes and there's a joke going around that Dame ended a franchise with that shot in the playoffs but I want to speak to the bigger question of how much the playoffs Really inspire a lot of the change we see with these teams and the result of how teams do in the playoffs, motivating the decisions being made with some of these transactions.
5: Yeah, well, it certainly did in Oklahoma City's case. Uh, you know, I think Paul George decided that that was it for him. And then when he left, the domino effect with Westbrook, it's going to be fascinating to see how he pairs with his old teammate, James Harden. I think Westbrook has hit the peak of his career, I think he's going down, but he's going to be playing hard next year in a new situation. He's not a great shooter, that's what will worry me. can they, can, they, can they both coexist? They both need the ball. I think they're going to be okay. I think Houston needed that shot in the arm. So that'll be interesting. The two L.A. teams, oh, my gosh, the Clippers, uh, uh, the depth they have now. Mm-hmm. They're the deepest team in the league. So it is gonna, the West is uh, going to be a minefield more than ever.
2: You know, a thought popped in my head. Uh, actually, somebody shared it with me, and I'm going to claim it as my own. <laughs> <laughs> About the Lakers and the Clippers. You know, A, it's going to be a hot ticket. I mean, both teams oh, yeah. are. Uh, Staples will be an active center this season. But what was shared with me that I didn't think about was the fact that because they share a building, then their travel is reduced by X amount of miles and X amount of games. And while it seems like a small thing, I think in a highly contested Western Conference race, I guess my question to you is, is is it significant? Well, I think it's a, a,
5: a slight edge, but I guess it would be just a couple games a year, right, that they would not, you know, would instead of going to Milwaukee or, where, or someplace in the west, I guess they're just going across town. But, you know, to me the interesting thing is how the Clippers have never be, been able to own Staples. Now for the first time they've got a chance to own Staples, and, re, and really, you know, I think the Lakers are going to be very good too. But, I, you know, they want to get their own arena, and if they can prove that they're going to be a franchise worthy of that in the next couple of years, I think it will get done. You know, I'm really
1: interested as well too, a lot of times when we see these transactions with these teams, a lot of people think a team has to have a superstar and then that superstar has to bring people in. But I think what we saw in the case of the Clippers and the Nets back East, two teams that really fought hard and scrapped throughout the regular season and made noise in the playoffs, showing that there's a foundation, there's a core and there's a culture here now who wants to join this and elevate it it seemed like for the players that decided to go to those markets brooklyn and la players like the idea of this is what i get to work with here and i can be the player that makes that change for them
5: yeah you know that's that's an interesting point jordan because both of those teams were at the bottom of the playoff structure brooklyn in the east and the clippers in the west but neither of them chose to the tank and get a better they both of them played really hard made mm-hmm. the playoffs And maybe that did prove a a pivotal point and Leonard decided
2: to go to the Clippers and and Durant to Brooklyn. Let me ask you a question about that. You used the word tank, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and I know uh, the commissioner has been public about uh, trying to make sure that losing is not incentivized uh, by changing the structure of the draft and how many balls and percentages. You know, but I think what is now emergent is a different strategy uh, put together by players. Deciding that they want to play together or that they want to play uh, in a certain market and uh, I guess I'm trying to get to a question about it because it struck me uh, the way it was reported uh, how the Kawhi Leonard Paul George union came about uh, in that Kawhi reportedly made a phone call to Paul George uh, that started the ball rolling or the ball may have already been rolling but that Paul George then requested a trade and they were able to control their destiny. Do you think that's something that the league is going to evaluate uh, going forward as a, a thing that they need to pay more attention to?
5: I don't think the league can do anything about it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a players league and they're going to they're going to control things from now and I think you're absolutely right. We're not the first to to say that. Uh, they, they've, the players have taken over and you know good for them I guess. Uh, the super teams, I don't personally like those. I kind of find my self in my heart rooting against them because I just, you know, like Lillard, I'm kind of on Lillard's side on that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like the super teams, I don't either. Let's just see, let's let's do it organically and see what we can do within the organization, but uh, you know, the the way that Durant helped Golden State, uh, you know, we've seen LeBron's done in different scenarios, I just think it's the wave of the future.
2: But, you know, one thing about that, carry and I'm kind of more old school uh, like you and terms of when I played and Jordan won the championships and Magic won them without trying to team up and Bird won them without trying to team up and I think in team sports particularly in basketball you got to be careful underestimating chemistry I mean it's not like oatmeal you don't just put it all in a bowl and warm it up and all of a sudden this it, it's smooth <laughs> chemistry is not predictable
1: it, you know? it, it's not <laughs> and I think last year a lot of people saw what happened during free agency and thought okay we can pencil these two teams in the finals and this team's gonna win but you see what happens with chemistry during the year. If you want to look at Boston, that was a situation where many people thought they're going to represent the East last year. And then obviously injuries play a factor. No team being affected by them more than the Golden State Warriors. And so everything can look good on paper sometimes, but if you look at the Trailblazers situation and yes, to your point, no forwards from last year's team on to this year, but the consistency of your core and your coaching staff for the most part. How valuable is that in today's NBA? Yeah,
5: I, I like the word consistency almost better than, than uh, chemistry, Jordan, because Portland has done a beautiful job with that, with, mm-hmm. what, the last seven years uh, since they got Lillard. I mean, the, the, and, and Terry Stotts has been there, Neil O'Shea's been there. They, you're right, they've kept the core together, they've added around it, and uh, it's, it's paid off. They've been a playoff team, I think, all but one year.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because you brought up the word tanking earlier, Michael, and I think we're not going to accuse the team of tanking, but some teams were playing and hoping that dominoes would fall in the lottery. And then because of those pieces, other guys would come and Maybe a situation like the New York Knicks, where many people thought that's the model for a team struggling on the outside to get in. But I go back to the example of the Clippers and the Nets. And do you think now, based on what they do, teams will now start to see how competitive they can be with their young players and create that culture where... A player that has a chance to move in free agency wants to be the guy that can maybe come in and claim a team as their own.
2: Yeah and Jordan another thing is happening in this current climate or let's just call it this offseason that is extraordinary from my purview in that when stars decide to change marketplaces Mm -hmm. and they're under contract Mm -hmm. so when a trade is requested that's a whole different deal Mm -hmm. because now you're seeing record numbers of draft picks being transferred mm-hmm. from one organization well, that's mm-hmm, to sure. another. And I always say draft picks don't score. I, I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. can have them and you can stockpile them and, you know, but they're not gonna get you a basket. I mean, so when you start building your future based on the draft, mm-hmm. you're really concentrating on just one area uh, strategically that you're gonna get better. And that means you're gonna get better with young players. Uh, when you look at the organic growth and you look at free agency and you look at trades, as I think, what's getting teams more competitive faster?
5: Jordan, I like to say one other thing. I, I would never accuse players or coaches of right. tanking. They're going to try to win every game to their mm-hmm. best of ability. What it is is the, is the organization itself sitting players at times, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not trying to get the best five out there. That's that's to me the definition of tanking in the NBA, mm-hmm. right, Michael? It, it, yeah,
2: and I, you know, tanking is a word I'm not even comfortable continuing to use because yeah. somebody's going to send us a letter, but. <laughs> One of the things that I heard uh, firsthand from John Lucas when he coached the Cleveland Cavaliers I was interesting because it was before they got LeBron. And that was in the era where the worst record had the oh, best yeah. chance to get the first pick. And John Lucas was coaching for his job, and he was trying to win games. And as John Lucas reported, uh, he was counseled about the need to develop young players, mm. <laughs> uh, which I, he took to mean lose games. And he said, well look, I'm paid to win games, I'm going to try to win games and they say you're overpaid to coach the team. And so you're either going to coach the team we want you <laughs> to coach you, the I team. remember Luke
5: telling me about that Yeah, or,
2: or we're going to get another coach. So there's a lot that goes into how you get yourself to a competitive uh, position to win championships.
1: When you look at the Western Conference, you go through teams, and this is in no particular order, but I think everyone's circling these teams as playoff teams. Houston, Utah, Denver, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Blazers, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Pelicans any team there and then dallas and sacramento of course too i think for the most part do you think we're going to see a team on the outside looking in when it comes time for the playoffs that we're really surprised wasn't going to be a playoff team because there's a lot of talent that shifted positions amongst those top teams i think really denver and portland were more the consistent teams coming into this season
5: i think oklahoma city's out right i mean i don't know what they're going to do with chris paul my hunches are moving but you know and and everybody says golden state is I think they still can be at the bottom of the playoffs. I don't think they're going to be any better than sixth or seventh. I just don't mm-hmm. see it. Clay Thompson will be back late in the year, but they're going to lose too many games. So, is there another team that I think might drop? I don't think so. I think the teams you mentioned, mm-hmm. Utah. I really like Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that the addition, those additions, Mike Conley and then Bogdanovich are going to be great additions. Mm-hmm. They're already a very good defensive team, so they're a team to look out for for sure
1: yeah you keep an eye on like we said some of those transactions in the western conference but going back to the two star heavy teams and you mentioned the depth of the clippers but then a team like the lakers where they were still trying to round out some of their positions depth is important when you look at the length of this season and the longevity and we saw it this year every team in the western conference for the most part dealt with a major injury at some point it seems like you're putting a lot of your chips into two players potentially during this long 82 game plus a playoff situation. I'll be
5: interested to see if the Lakers add some pieces because mm-hmm. you're right. Right now, I don't like their depth, mm. but you know what? I'd like to bring up another point. I think Portland's depth is going to be a little less than it's been the last couple years. Now I could be wrong, and they may still have some pieces to add. But you know, they, they've got the you know right now they've got Jake, uh, they've got Zach Collins mm-hmm. figuring as a power forward right to start, and then you've got on coming off the bench, Simons, Bazemore, Hazonia, and and Tolliver. That's really it until Mm -hmm. Nurkic returns. So if they get an injury or two, that Mm -hmm. thins them out a little bit. Maybe Gary Trent Jr. will will be in there. Maybe Necessarily Little will be in there, but there's some unproven stuff there.
1: Sure. Stick around when we come back. We'll wrap up this edition of Trailblazers Courtside. Chat some more with Kerry Agers when we come back.
0: Listening to Trailblazers Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon. Learn how you can make a difference and save at BewattsMart.com. This is Damian Lillard of your Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers plate is a great way to show your pride on your
1: ride. Rock some Rip City pride on your ride with an official Trailblazers Oregon license plate. Not only do they look awesome, they help local nonprofits fund important youth-oriented initiatives all over our great state through the Trailblazers Foundation. These plates are a great way to let them know wherever you go, you're rolling with Rip City. For details on how to order your Trailblazers Oregon license plates, head on over to oregondmv.com today.
0: You rise. You shine. You learn. You create. As parents, as business owners, as healthcare workers, as teachers, you inspire all of us at Pacific Power to deliver the most reliable and sustainable energy possible. So keep going, keep building our future, keep pushing ideas, because we are here for you. Every new solution we create is to power your greatness. Learn how Pacific Power can help you at poweringgreatness.com.
3: Did you know that one in eight Americans struggle with hunger? Yet more than 40% of the food we produce is thrown out. At Fred Meyer, we know we can do something about this. We're donating more food to local food banks through our partnership with Feeding America. And we're working with World Wildlife Fund to end food waste. But we can't do it
2: alone. And we hope you'll join us in creating a world with zero hunger and zero waste. Visit thekrogerco.com to learn how you can help.
5: Everyone wants to give their kids the world but sending them to college can seem overwhelming. I'm John Zeiser with Country Financial, and I get it. My wife and I graduated with college debt, and we didn't want that for our three boys, Anson, Paxton, and Hawkins. So we're taking simple steps to prepare them for college. And Country Financial can help you take
4: simple steps, too. Because whether you're our customer or our family, we want you to be successful. Find an authorized representative at takesimplesteps.com.
0: The madness returns.
4: Manson, Twins of Evil Hell Never Dies Tour 2019 Moda Center Friday August 2nd Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson Get tickets at Ticketmaster.com Feel the heat Hell is upon us
0: now, back to Courtside, presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon on the Trailblazers radio network.
1: Stay connected to everything Rip City on the Trailblazers mobile app. Check out the latest info on the team and events at the Rose Quarter. Visit the App Store to download today. And, Carrie, I believe this is the first time we've had you on in the postseason, and I just want to get your thoughts on the impact it had for the Blazers getting to the Western Conference Finals, playing the way they did against the Golden State Warriors, where they had a chance in the final three games based upon the lead that they had, and what it does for this franchise and maybe some of the moves that they made this offseason.
5: Well, it's it's validation for their philosophy on building that young core and taking it step by step, and and they've done that. I Mm -hmm. mean, right now they're at the precipice of winning an NBA title. They're one of the probably seven or eight teams that could win a title next year. Um, And also, it energizes the fans. I mean, the fans needed that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, to get almost there several times, to to win a playoff series, okay, but then to get to the conference finals, now uh, they're in a position where all these guys are in their peak, right? The the guys you mentioned, Nurkic is actually not yet there, but certainly the two guards are. So let's see what happens. And and I think it's a really important step they made this last year.
1: You know, a conversation I was having with somebody as well, too, is... Obviously, the regular season is important for playoff seeding, but when you look at the fact that the Blazers beat Denver in a best of seven series, a series where they did not have home court advantage, is there, how concerned is it about? getting home court advantage going to the playoffs and know something you always want versus just making sure that the team is mentally and physically prepared for the playoffs. Yeah,
5: that's a tightrope a coach has to walk. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one. I think it's changed a little bit over the years, don't you, Michael, where the, the making sure the guys are healthy has become more important, and I think that's probably smart.
2: Yeah, and I, I think it was said uh, by Dame that, you know, he would not be opposed to uh, load management yeah. mm-hmm. you know, this year so but there's one thing I want to ask you about while we have you and we're talking about this Trailblazer season and we're t- talking about Rodney Hood. I thought something significant happened this year and I want to ask you do you think it was an outlier or do you think it will happen again and the it that happened was the players being active in the buyout market uh, and getting players late in the year. I mean you look at Ennis Counter, you look at Rodney Hood and you look at Rodney Hood now re-signing to stay here I thought that that was significant validation for this franchise.
5: Those are two great pickups. Now, can he do that every year? Probably not, but I think Neil Olshay will be more aware of that than he has been in the past. Uh, Will he able? I, I just don't think that kind of opportunity comes along every time. But Portland's good reputation with the players, look at how the reaction both Hood and Cantor had after the season about how much they enjoyed Mm -hmm. playing that short time, both from the way that they were treated by the organization and by the fans, and that will help them moving forward.
1: Well, it goes back to our conversation about consistency. When you look at the locker room that is created with the new pieces that teams add, how important is it to have someone like Damian Lillard in this locker room, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, that have been here for so long that can set the tone, that can really help bring in anybody to be a part of this team versus some of these so-called new super teams that we've talked about where you're
5: bringing in a lot of big-time players that are still trying to figure out what the locker room looks like. Yeah, I think they have a great locker room and it's because of those two guys. And I also think that that helps a lot with a guy like Whiteside, who maybe Mm -hmm. has been a little shaky in the character department through his career. They're going to police that. They're going to make sure that he he understands the culture of this organization when he comes in. I doubt if I have much problem with him. The only thing I could foresee is when Nurkic gets back, they're going to be battling for playoff time, and that'll be interesting to see how that works out.
1: And, Michael, you look at Hassan Whiteside and his skill set, especially defensively. What have you seen from this past season, the responsibilities for the center position for the Trail Blazers defensively? What is it about playing defense as a center for the Portland Trailblazers that might bode well for Whiteside's skill set.
2: Well, he's able to, to guard uh, a lot of geography in the painted area. He can block shots off the ball. Uh, he has a wingspan. He's able to move laterally better than most bigs in the league uh, and run the floor. I mm-hmm. mean, those are huge skill sets for a center. And when you talk about
1: the defensive responsibilities of everybody behind someone like Hassan Whiteside, who is an elite shot blocker up there with a Rudy Gobert and everything, how does that change the defense for a team as far as what you might be trying to do?
2: Well, you're, you're able to, to change your coverages. I mean, mm-hmm. you can get into the ball more when you have a shot blocker. On your back line, your pick and roll defenses. You have somebody like Whiteside right that can get to the point of the screen, probably, and still slide laterally a couple of slides, so he's not getting beat one dribble off the screen. Roll action.
1: Well, Kerry, we've got a couple more episodes of Trailblazers courtside left until we take our summer break in August. What's the rest of your summer looking like as you look at your calendar?
5: You here? know, just doing a lot of feature type stuff. Uh, I'm doing a, a this week, I just did a podcast with Kelly Graves, the Oregon. Mm-hmm a women's basketball coach. What a great guy. uh, Doing a story on Doug Cowboy Little's daughter Kendra Little Uh, And uh, you know, just feature type stuff, some golf stuff with Jeff Sanders. I did Peter Jacobson the other day, so it's a it's a time when I get to do some extra different stuff.
1: Now, do you get a chance to go out on the golf course though?
5: Uh, Yeah, I've actually got out a few times this week. Okay. 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 So I did. What what are we looking at when we see Kerry Eggers on the course? You know, it's not a pretty sight. (laughs) But but it's fun to get out and see if I can hit that little white ball a
2: little bit.
1: Michael, yourself, you said you hit the links today.
2: Uh, I did play today uh, and I was in a scramble and that really saved me with a lot of the shots that I put out there.
1: Okay. So, did you help the scramble though or are they going to bring you back next year? Uh,
2: I did. You know, the closer you get to the green, the better I get. Okay.
1: You you need those people in a scramble, though, and for those of you that aren't familiar, the scramble is when you have four players, you take the best ball, and you move forward. you got to have your driver, and you got to have that finisher that can get you on the green. You're
2: known as one-putt hole. I'm not the driver guy. One-putt hole. Yeah, I'm not the driver (laughs) guy, but, you know, getting up and down and chipping and, yeah.
1: All right, let's get to some thank yous here. Our courtside producer, Rich Patterson, our TV coordinator, Derek Sailing, cameraman, Brandon, Brandon Pettit. Excuse me, I thought there was an E in there. Hey, great first show. Great to have you here, my friend. And then engineer Bruce Williams. Don't forget Trailblazers Courtside on at 6.05 p.m. for the rest of the summer. We will take the month of August off. but we got two more episodes to cover some great content. We'll talk some more Rip City 3-on-3 basketball next time. Kerry Eggers, thank you so much again thank for you. joining us. Michael Holden, always great to see your face, my friend.
2: Man, Jordan, this is <laughs> wonderful.
1: That'll do it. We'll catch you guys next time.
0: You've been listening to Trailblazers Courtside presented by Pacific Power and Energy Trust of Oregon. Learn how you can make a difference and save at BeWatSmart.com. This has been a Blazers Broadcasting Sports presentation.